This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. Time for Silver and Black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back. Silver and Black today in Odyssey Original Podcast. We talk nothing. But Raiders football, ah, some food, some baseball, eh, every once in a while, some stuff. But anyway, welcome back to the show. We appreciate you guys being with us. Scott Branson, Mo Moten, your co-host for this adventure on this Thursday. Mo, the Raider Nation, been a tough week. Uh, if you look at these Twitter streets, as we call them, it looks like a scene from the movie The Purge. Lots of gnashing of teeth going on out there. I understand it. Nobody wanted to be one in four, even with uh, some of the tough com- opponents on the schedule. Uh, but here we are, and Raider Nation's got to get ready for a week off before the team gets out there and tries to change the direction of this season. Yeah, Scott, one thing I learned covering the Raiders or covering any football team, not just specifically the Raiders, you don't want to hang around on Twitter after a bad loss. <laughs> yeah, because people you normally have cordial, normal discussions with, it turns into a bad thing. It's it just not a good thing oh, yes. after a loss. Uh, people people are super grumpy, and I get it. Uh, I don't wear the fan hat anymore, so I don't I don't really get emotional after losses. I don't get emotional after losses at all, win or lose. But I understand fans do. So that's why I kind of give fans that space. And I just kind of get off of Twitter. Of course, I was on with you and Murph on the post game, And we went back and forth. Of course, we had some disagreements. And it was all in great fun. And, you know, that's what happens when people have different opinions. And, sure. of course, we, res- we, res- we respect each other's opinions. But on of Twitter, course. you don't get that same respect. It's either – it's it's not, not either. It's I'm right, you're wrong, you're stupid – get off my Twitter account. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Block, yes. you know? So yes. I, I just choose not to hang around and uh, just kind of, kind of decompress and just kind of go over things before the Raiders go into their buy. 
Well, and and that's a smart way to do it. But let's let's spend this first segment talking a little bit, Mo, as we usually would do on a Tuesday after a Sunday game. But because of the Monday game, and that led into our Tuesday show, that was our instant reaction show. So let's spend this first segment as you have done, as I have done, rewatching parts of this game and understanding what happened. But you look at it, and we talked about how the offense found more balance again, like they did against Denver in the win, but it was inconsistent again as well. We saw inconsistency on offense at times. Of course, they jump out to the 20 points in the first half, and then they can't score in the second half very often. You see this happen to the Raiders over and over again where they go into these offensive slumps. What did you see watching the tape for some of the reasoning on why they could not put up points in the second half? You know what? I, I still can't even put my finger on it because mm. it's kind of like it's kind of like what you've seen this season, where the Raiders come out and they have a they have a good half, and all of a sudden the offense stalls. Derek Carr maybe a little off on some passes, uh, some plays aren't made. You know, and and game, as as I as I wrote in a recent piece on sports not after the game that NFL football sports, well specifically football, is a game of inches. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the other team just makes more critical plays than your team. And the Raiders just didn't make critical plays. Uh, Josh Jacobs not getting into the end zone on a two-point conversion. I know a lot of people want to talk about the decision, but I thought it was an understandable decision. Um, you have Josh Jacobs running for about, I believe, over seven yards a carry. So you think, you know, with the Raiders, the way the Raiders are moving the ball, that he can get in the end zone on a two-point Devontae Adams, who's usually one of the kings of the toe drag swag, couldn't get his foot down. Because <laughs> uh, if he gets his foot down, the Raiders probably have a chance to kick a long field goal. Dan Daniel Carlson hasn't missed a field goal this season, his longest from 55 yards. So if Devontae Adams comes in with that catch, uh, you have a chance. And then on the last play, Devontae Adams running into Hunter Renfro is just a basically a summation of what the Raiders look like when they're bad. And they, they just, they're just clunky, uh, clumsy, whatever word you want to use. But what I will say, what I will say is part of the collapse and what stuck out to me when I watched the game, missed tackles. And I don't know why this is, but the Raiders have had this problem for the past few years with missed yes. tackles. Yeah. Right now, they are top five in missed tackles with the Texans, the Ravens, the Titans, the Chiefs. And guess what all those teams have in common? They have mediocre to below average defenses. Defense. If you can't yep. tackle... If you can't tackle, you're going to give up a lot of yards. You're going to get up, give up a lot of points. Yeah, and and that's the thing. I, I, it's interesting. We had some comments from our post game video. One of which was, "Oh, you guys are so positive and 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 You know, they they wanted misery. People want the misery. And what we're trying to do here, and I thought you just did a great summation of what's wrong with the Raiders. Partially, what's wrong with the Raiders on offense and defense, which is. On offense, they clearly have more talent, and they're playing below the talent level at times. At other times, they're doing really well. We saw it early in that first half and what they were able to do. But the defense, the defense has does not have enough good bodies. It just We knew that going in. We knew about what happened on the defensive line. We knew there were some question marks at defensive back. Linebacker has been a black hole. Yes, Perryman plays okay, and he's fine. He's doing well there. They signed Blake Martinez, who didn't play, I believe. I didn't see him for one snap um, in that game unless I missed it. Um, and so there's gaps on that defense. They're just not that good on defense. 
And still, you might need a high-powered offense today in the NFL to win, but you also need a really good defense, and the Raiders just don't have it. So, so I think this Raiders team is better, and some people would argue is better than the one and four record. I should say, some people would argue you're not better than your record. You're either one and four, you're four and one, whatever you are. But Mo, we talked about it on the post game. I was a little more negative than you and Murph, and you brought me around on it, which is if you look at the closeness of the games, if they just play consistent football, not not even tremendous football, just above average to their talent level and consistently do it, they probably at, at the very least would be 500 or around 500, three and two, something like that. Uh, but instead they find themselves at one and four because they just can't finish at times. So the Raiders are one and four. The Bears are going into their Thursday game at what is it, two and three? Right. And I asked this question to a person on Twitter: Who would you take to win a game between the Bears and the Raiders <laughs> if they play today? Right. So are you saying that the Bears, because they're two and three, are better than Ra- Raiders record-wise? Yes, but are they a better football team than the Raiders? No, because if you watch the Bears, you know they are years, at least a year away from being competitive and, competitive. and making a, a push for a playoff spot. Right. The Raiders, you see glimpses of really good. Yeah. The problem is you also see glimpses of really bad. And and because they because they've played against some playoff caliber teams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, uh, the Titans, the Chiefs, uh not so much the Broncos yet, because they're still a, to me they're still a wreck on offense. But <laughs> for the most part, the Raiders have played against playoff caliber squads, teams that are right. gonna be in the playoff picture or gonna be in the postseason. And as I said after the game on Monday, when you're playing those types of teams, those caliber teams, you have to play closer to a complete game than not. Because if right. you slip up, you make a mistake, you don't convert on a fourth down, you don't get a two-point conversion, you don't haul in a catch at the end of the game to get your team in field goal position you're going to lose that game. And not because you were terrible. It's because the other team made more plays than you did. It doesn't make you a bad football team. It just means that you're just not as good as those teams. And I, and I just want to clear something up that I said on Monday. And and I guess this is where the back and forth between you and I happened was, I guess the mis, the misconstruement was, how far are the Raiders away from being a playoff team? Yeah. And I guess your point was, Right now, they're kind of maybe they're not as close as we thought, mm. and and I understand that point because coming into the year, we thought, okay, you bring in Devontae Adams, you bring in Chandler Jones. The team was ten and seven last year, made it to the playoffs. It should be up from here, right? They should be in the playoff mix. And then when you start off one and four, you go, well, how close or how far are they? Are we starting mm. not starting over, but are we taking a step back? Right, take a step forward in twenty twenty three. I hope not, but. It's fair to ask the question. No, it is. And and that's exactly what I was getting at because, and I think that's where the expectations, listen, for all of the pain and suffering that Raider Nation has been in the last 25 years, uh, it's still the most optimistic bunch I've ever seen, right? So going into every season, they could be in full rebuild mode. And I think there's people who think they're going to make the playoffs and, and, and maybe even win the Super Bowl. And that's great. That shows you the enthusiasm, the love of the team, of their family that is Raider Nation. At the same time, you look at it from the perspective of realistic expectations. You and I had realistic expectations. I thought 11 wins. You thought 10 wins. We were in the same ballpark. Um, 
-hmm. Other people thought 14 win. I mean, there was there was such a high expectation of this team because they were a playoff team a year ago, but they went on that run at the end of the season to get them there. The breaks went their way a couple times too. You need that in a season. At the same time, Mo, um, you look at all of the change, and it's hard because it's not like it was a continuation of last year. I think we all got fooled into thinking it's a continuation of last year, and you're piling, okay, I got this cool car. Now I put new wheels on it. I put a new transmission in. I put a new uh, radiator on it, whatever it is, and it's going to run better now, right? But what you don't realize is it takes time for that system. And again, you and I don't make excuses for this team ever. We're not fanboys. We're not wearing those glasses. But I will tell you, there is something to that. There is something to the fact that you have all of these new things, a new offense, a new coach, a new personality, all of that together. I think they're tripping up on each other. Yes, they have a lack of talent in certain positions, and there's no question. But overall, I think it's that mix. It's that chef with the big wooden spoon, and, and he's mixing, but it's just not together. The batter's not smooth and ready to roll yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Scott, I'm going to go back in the time capsule. When we did our prediction show, <laughs> How right? far? Yeah. How far? The prediction show before the uh -huh. season started. I, as you said, you predicted 11 and 6. I predicted 10 and 7. I looked into the YouTube comments and what did I see? Oh, Mo was always so negative. Oh, you, how you only got us at 10 and 7? We were 10 and 7 last year. We added Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. Now I get on the post game and I say, hey, it's not doom and gloom. And now I'm too positive. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what people are looking for. I know. But this is why I tell young writers, young sports content makers, just go with your opinion, go yeah. with your judgment and ride it out. Whatever right. that is, if you feel the need that you have to pivot, then pivot as you get new information, but do not listen to people telling you, "Oh, you're too positive, you're too negative," and adjust your commentary based on that. I base my commentary based on what I'm seeing, and as I said during the show, I said, I think the Raiders are going to have some trip-ups early. I, I, if I remember correctly, you had the Raiders starting off pretty strong, and I had them kind of mediocre. And I remember somebody in the comments said, Mo has us at 6-6. Six and six. How you got us at 6-6? Six and six? <laughs> And now if I say, oh, the Raiders are going to be 6-6 six and six at some point, they'll take it. But oh, my yeah. point to all oh, of this yeah. is you're absolutely right. We, we thought that Josh McDaniels coming in, Dave Ziegler coming in, would just pile on to what the Raiders did last year. Now, that's, that's easy to think because you're taking a roster and its core. You're extending core guys, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro, and then you're adding notable pieces. Chandler Jones, yeah. who's come on the past two weeks, had a slow start. You're adding Devontae Adams. You're bringing in a new defensive coordinator who you think is better than your old defensive coordinators. You're moving Nate Hobbs outside thinking, yes, he can play inside and outside. Rock Yassin, you bring it in. A lot of people are hiring Rock Yassin. You know, so you're thinking, okay, we're building on what we had last year. But to your point, it takes a while to put the puzzle together. And I don't make excuses for the race because people know this. But I said this during the, the prediction show. I think our early bye week is good for the Raiders because whatever kinks they have to work out early in the season, 
they can work it out during the buy. Yeah, no, agreed. And and I think that, listen, I had somebody on our channel, again, from, from the post-game show, somebody who's watched the show for a long time, saying, you know, well, you guys are, you just, you're just... Ro- um, rose-colored glasses, basically, right? You're just glossing over how bad this team is. And it's like, look, and, and I say that, and I say that to anybody watching, to Mo's point, because I think it's a really, really important point that you made, Mo, which is you give your opinion, whether people like it or not is up to them. And so I told the commenter in the comments, I said, you know what, then this probably isn't the show you want to watch. So I, I wish you the best of luck in finding a fanboy show or whatever it is that you want to watch. You want to watch angry men in a room screaming and pounding on walls. You'll find it. You want to find people talking about all this great stuff and how uh, Chandler Jones is an awesome player and he's worth 17 and a half million dollars without a sack. You can find it. And, and, and so I agree with you, Mo. I think you have to just give your opinion. It doesn't matter if you're a con, if you're a fan, there's fans out there who are still positive. We, we deal with them all the time, right? Who say, Oh, I think we still can make the playoffs. Great. I don't think that's the case. I think they can still have a good season. I don't think they can make the playoffs. I really don't at this point, just the way they're playing now that my mind might change in two weeks. I changed my mind. I'm wrong all the time. And sometimes I'm right. I said they would be four and one at this point. No one's made fun of me for it. But that's what I said. I said they would go 4-0 and and then lose to the Chiefs. So I was right about the Chiefs game. That was it. So, so yes, I think that's where it's at. And I get it. They're so tired of waiting. But at the same time, it's not a magic wand. You don't wave it. Your, your best players are not playing their best ball, except for Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams, I could argue, is for the most part. He didn't get the one foot down on Monday night. But so what? He's played well. So, so I think overall, you look at this team, and you should be disappointed, but not surprised. Does that make sense when I say disappointed, but not surprised? It makes sense, but like I said, like I've said before, when the expectations are high, yeah, disappointment comes a lot harder when you don't get <laughs> what you expect to see. But what I will sure. say is, I don't want to get on a soapbox about us back and forth with youtube commenters but what no. i will say in, as, as a part as a parting message is what you're not going to find on this channel between scott and i and even murph we're not going to get on here and say fire everyone after a loss <laughs> and i think that's what a lot of no i think that's what a lot yeah. of fans so wanted want. because and and i'm not chiding the fans for this because you know there's emotion involved when you're a fan so i sure. get it when yeah. things don't go right you're like oh bench this guy fire this guy but as professionals, as people who who we pride ourselves on objectivity and having a clear head, win or lose. Right. We're not gonna get up here and go, yeah, Josh McDaniels deserves to be fired. Darren Waller should be traded or cut. We're not gonna do that. We're just we're just not that if you're looking for that after a game, it's not gonna happen. No, after a game, you're right. Now, if 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 we were at a point where we thought one of those things should happen, we would say it. Right. Right? But we're not going to say it because we're disappointed that they lost to the Chiefs, right? So so I agree with you. And we have great listeners anyway. For the most part, they're not that way. So, so we're 90%, lucky. That, 90%. 90% of our listeners are great. And I don't mind. I don't mind the bitching and the moaning after a loss. Like, I expect it. And that's partly why we do a post-game show, by the way. Yes, we would rather talk about all the rosy good things that happened and that they won, but when they don't win, that's why we always call it therapy session, right? Murph and his guys on 
on Raiders Fan Radio, they had a therapy session where they were sitting in two comfy chairs. It was beautiful. It was really funny, um, but also needed. So, so yeah, and, and I think that that's the thing that you have to look at now and say, okay, so one in four, you're not happy. Playoffs are difficult. Um, not impossible, difficult. And so, so where do you go from here? Look, every day you wake up as a Raiders fan, every day you wake up as a man or a woman, and you say, I'm either going to have a good day or I'm not going to have a good day. Now, things can happen to you that change your perspective and challenge you. But I just refuse to be part of, and I think most of our listeners are the same way, to be part of, I'm just going to make everything terrible and I'm going to have a scorched earth approach. Now, we have great informed listeners who have great questions about people like Darren Waller, about Derek Carr, about Josh McDaniels and their performance and those, those are important questions to ask. And in watching the game film again, I watched it three times now, Mo, um, there are important questions. There's still things with Derek Carr that are not going well. It's not his fault that they're losing, by the way, but he's part of the problem, as is the defensive front, as is the defensive backfield, as is the linebacker play, as is the offensive line play. So it's not one person to blame. The world is not an easy place. It's not easy to identify one thing on a team with 50 plus men who are trying to win football games. So, so I get it. And, and rolling into this buy, I agree with you. I thought at first the early buy was bad because I thought they'd be four and one and have momentum. But now that it's the opposite, I think that's true. Mo, before we head to the break and then we're going to come back, we're going to have a conversation about one of those guys and that's Darren Waller after the break. Um, but in watching the game again too, uh, what was, what was the biggest thing that surprised you uh, from a positive standpoint, and then what was the biggest thing that surprised you from a negative standpoint? I'll start with the negative. Um, the two young guys that I thought would stand out in the secondary night, and I've said on this show that they would take big leaps. Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrick had some, they had an awful game. Yeah. And there's no, there's no other way to say it. Nate Hobbs, <laughs> right. I believe, gave up seven receptions on nine targets for over 100 yards. Yeah. Merrick gave up two touchdowns, of course, both to Kelsey, because Kelsey scored all their touchdowns. <laughs> but those two guys had a rough night. And Wait, there was somebody the, there was somebody covering Travis Kelsey? <laughs> apparently. Uh, or tried to. No, I'm sorry those, to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's it's good because I mean, I looking at those two, and I expect a lot from those two yeah. this year, uh, their second year, they had a rough night. Now I think they'll bounce back. I hope that's not too positive for anyone listening. But I do think they bounce back, <laughs> but they definitely, definitely, uh, Patrick Mahomes definitely worked them in. Uh, they were they were both scored on or uh, gave up a lot of yards. Marquez Valdez-Scanlon had a day, and a lot of that was on Nate Hobbs. From a positive standpoint, what surprised me is how well the offensive line has played in run situations. I know we've mm. had a lot of criticisms about the offensive line, but I think Josh Jacobs even said it uh, on Tuesday that he said – the offensive line is blocking pretty well. They're opening up big holes for me. Huge. He said that out of his mouth. So if the guy running the rock is telling you the offensive line is blocking well in the run game, you got to believe it. And I saw it on tape. I saw it as I rewatched these games that even, even though they have lapses, you see Dylan Parham giving up a sack, giving up pressures. Uh, as far as going downhill and blocking for Josh Jacobs, that unit is performing very well right now going into the bye. Yeah, no question. Uh, it's it's one of those situations where you can find the positive, and I get it. It's This team still has to put together four quarters. Um, they're putting together real nice parts of games, 
and they just got to string them together. And so you got to hope that that's coming up uh, after this week, after the bye week when they when they play Houston. Uh, but we'll do that now. We're going to take our first break here on Silver and Black today. When we come back, we're going to ask the question, and we're going to say, Waller, Waller, Darren Waller, where are you? We're going to ask the question, what's going on with Darren Waller? Do we know what the problem is? Can we diagnose it? Should we be surprised by it? Should the Raiders have paid him all that money heading into this season instead of waiting a year? We'll talk about that. We'll also play you a clip uh, from a show I did uh, on the Mightier 1090 Silver and Black tonight, this past offseason with Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. And we talked about that, too. So we're going to play you that clip right after the break. This is Silver and Black today. He is Mo. I am Scott. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs> 